Well, hello, you tinfoil hat fringy humans. This is Alien and Captain Leap Walker here for the Fringe Radio Network. Say, if you like listening about the paranormal, conspiracy crazy theories, and some oddball podcasts and shows, well, you've come to the right place. With shows like Iron Show with Johnny McMahon, Spirit Wars with Michael Basham, Nuclear Knucklehead with Belly Craig, Eyes Wide Open with Eleven Hours Alabama, Let's Get Jacked Up with Crazy Tim, Bobby, Carrot, and sometimes really Crazy Jack. Learn about the paranormal from a biblical perspective with Christian Paranormal with host Seth Breeze. Spend your mornings with Ryan O'Radio. Check out Conspiranormal. How about Sarah Westall? Earth Oddity, Snake Brothers, Canary Cry Radio, and Canary Cry News Talk. Plus so much more. That's FringeRadioNetwork.com. Check out Fringe Radio Network YouTube channel as well. Don't let my fellow alien brothers' censorship get you down. <laughs> Check out FringeRadioNetwork.com while you still can. <laughs> Hello. My name is John Machado, and this is the Gunpowder Plot Show, also known as the Late Night Nuggets. Wait, what? Also known as the Guy Fox Podcast. I had a brownie. <laughs> 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 my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law made me a uh, a brownie, and um, I think it's kicking in. <laughs> This is a creeper, the creeper brownie, and it's fitting because this is my R late night nuggets episode. So, um, we're joined by Bentley Craig. God, this is going to be a rough one. I I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> oh, this is going to be annoying. Um, so we talked prior to this, Bentley. How are you doing, by the way? Oh, I'm great. Good. Muy bueno. Muy, muy bueno. Um, we talked earlier about what um, issue we'd be discussing. Do you remember? Uh, Sam Harris. Sam Harris. And for anybody who's listened to me for however long, um, you may have heard me talk about this fella and um, you know I've noticed that with a lot of these these uh, these bigger guys you just gotta wait you just gotta wait until they fuck up you just gotta give them the slack give them a little bit of extra rope and let them hang themselves and buddy did he ever you went on a podcast that you said you had already listened to a little bit uh, yeah um uh Let's see, it was, uh, what's the name of that? Trigger Yeah, Trigger Nometry. Yeah. I never heard of that before. And I never was much of a, any kind of Sam Harris. I just knew he was a name, and that was all I had for him. Until today, when you said we'd be talking about him. So I looked him up and was like, okay. Then I listened to that whole podcast that he was on in that little bit that was on and yeah. I do not like that guy 
Yeah, I have not liked this fella for quite some time. He, um, he is. I didn't like him so much that I actually put him. Uh, I I shouldn't say put him. I created a character that has uh, characteristics of this turd burglar. Um, for anybody reading the book. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you find out who that is. I don't know if I've introduced him yet. I'm Twelve chapters in, it's it's coming. It's getting close. Um, he plays a relatively large part, but uh, I'm trying to see what the. So he, they asked him about a whole bunch of stuff. I'm on New York Post, and man, they have got so many ads that just keep popping up. The famous part that I'm sure that what is what you heard, the um, part that went viral, and he said, quote, At that point, Hunter Biden literally could have the corpses of children in his basement, and I would not have cared. That's the, that's the, the big um, viral um, five-second clip that went around. Right. Uh, everywhere. And it was funny because, you know, I'm on Twitter and whatever, Facebook, I guess. Uh, and I just started seeing, you know, people saying that Sam Harris sucked and this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, yeah. And then I, I went, oh, shit, something happened. Sure enough, checked into it, and that was it. And, I mean, he went on to essentially say that he... He knew that the Hunter Biden story during the campaign uh, in 2020 was um, how did they say it? They said it's or he said it, something like um, it was a left wing conspiracy to um, keep that out of the news, which is exactly what he did or what um, what happened with the mainstream media. Yes, it was an October surprise. When the or when the uh, hundred bucks laptop uh, story came out, and the left knew it was real, now we all know that it's real, and um, because they knew that if people would have knew about that damn laptop, that uh, it probably would have been a hell of a lot harder for them to have cheated. Um, I don't know if he talked about that at all, but Sam Harris's point of view is um, it was all warranted. Uh, the the and he called for the censorship of Trump on Twitter and on Facebook and everywhere else the cancellation if you will and um, he said it was all warranted and he basically knew that uh, Biden wasn't a good candidate and but he was okay with them basically doing these things in order to keep Trump out and he it's he's just got the worst case uh, maybe not worst case but one of the worst cases of Trump derangement syndrome um, amongst people who are have have the status that he has for sure and um, and now it, it, <laughs> during the uh, the podcast the interview with these two guys from trigonometry um you could just it it was just a fall from grace. And like I said, sometimes you just gotta sit back and wait. I mean, um it kinda happened to uh 
ah shit what's the what's the oh uh, Peterson um, Jordan Peterson it happened to him to a degree I know that he went through some uh, uh, kind of a drug addiction to whatever pain pills or, or uh, prescription pills that they were giving him he went through that and I guess that was terrible and I know that you know he uh, he wanted Brett um, Kavanaugh to step down and that shit happened with him and so that kind of caused his fall from grace uh, oh shit who else somebody recently I had it in my head earlier somebody else. oh Sam Cedar had a fall from grace when he debated destiny over the Kyle Rittenhouse thing um, and it's just nice to see you know these are people that I've been talking shit about and these these are the best that the left has to offer Sam Harris Sam Cedar which is a bit of a coinkydink both of them are atheist Jewish people um, I've talked about uh, those who or I've talked about the scripture where it says those who say that they are Satan I'm sorry say that they are Satan say that they are Jewish and are not Jewish but rather are a synagogue of Satan um, do I think that either one of them worship at the altar of Satan no not really uh, especially with how anti-religious Sam, uh, Sam Harris is but, uh, <laughs> right yeah I can't believe him uh, worshiping anybody but himself yeah and it's just it's mind boggling if you listen to that whole podcast and I did yeah dude there's a few things would you yeah. like to hear a few other things please do <laughs> alright and this is my take on what he said okay with a uh, woke and Christians. Woke is just a uh, more pure version of Christian. Such as, and then he goes on to like, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth, but he's like, literally like the they believe the poor, whoever the poor people are, the ones without, because they're going to get whatever the billionaires have to offer now, you know what I'm saying? So, I thought, okay, well, for a guy who as atheists, you sure compare yourself to Christians an awful lot. Yeah, well, he's obsessed. I mean, it's it really seemed like he was obsessed with trying to rid, I would argue, his own mind of faith in in a higher power. Um, I, I it. It tends to kind of be with a lot of these major um, debaters like him and Hitchens and uh, uh, Dawkins and um, oh, and that is his uh, one of his influences is Richard yeah, well, Dawkins. I mean, yeah. I looked into. Oh, I got his. Uh, you know, I listened to a few other things. I listened to him on Jordan Peterson. And I'm just like, oh my god! And I'm going to be honest with you, I was getting a little annoyed in a comical kind of way that you hadn't gotten reached out sooner because I was like sitting there waiting for this podcast hoping you would uh, and I got it all in I got to like you know where they let him go and then they were wrapping it up but uh and then you hit me up and I was just like wow (laughs) I was like come on man hit me up I know I've had a I have had a full day today man holy shit um but no he uh yeah, I mean, for the longest time, he's he debated. Uh, let's see, 
like you said, Jordan Peterson. They had a they had a debate that seemingly this is just what I've heard. I haven't actually listened to the full thing, but that it never got off the ground because they got stuck on um, you know the I guess the definition of truth or whatever. Uh, he's debated Dinesh D'Souza. He's debated uh, Dr. William Lane Craig, which is really I think the the most famous one that he had. I, I saw um, that and I was. I didn't want to go there. I wanted to get some other places first. Yeah, well, where the you go ahead and let us know where you want to go, buddy. No, go with uh, the William Lane Craig, I saw where he had done that, and I was like, ooh, yeah, you know, because I know William Craig is, uh, you know, that's right up. That's his wheelhouse. Debate him. There you go. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm biased, but I will. Uh... And as much as I can be unbiased, I think uh, Dr. William Lane Clay, Craig just absolutely sniped him. He got him on that one for sure. I mean, I'd love to see, and he wouldn't dare step in the ring with uh, what's his um, Dr. Dino. Um, oh, um, Ken Hoven, Dr. Ken Hoven. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, no, probably not. He probably doesn't see him as like on his level or whatever, but. Uh, Kent, Dr. Kent Hoven and Dr. William Lake Craig, I think, are, are on the same level. Uh, I think they they both possess just an absolute um, incredible amount of knowledge when it comes to that. I mean, I wouldn't be able to debate either one of those guys. Oh, no, they that's just, their wheelhouse. I mean, I've yeah. watched uh, <laughs> Kenneth Hoven do that so many times that, you know, I know what he's going to say. I'll you know, it's just he's got yeah. his. He knows what they're going to say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's nothing that they're going to throw at him that he hasn't had a hundred times before. And, and with William Craig, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and both of them have debated. Like so, they had this group called the Ford Horsemen, and seemingly uh, Sam Harris really likes to get into these things. Cause oh yeah, he's, he's the new atheist. He's the Four Horsemen yeah. of the new atheist. Right, so that was the group, was the Four Horsemen, and that was Sam Harris, uh, Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens. Who was that fourth one? I can see him. He's like a, he looks like a professor. Um, but what I always thought was funny was that Lawrence Krauss was never invited into it, and he was trying to debate all the Christians that he could and, and get on the same level. And Daniel was Dennett? Was that one? Daniel Dennett, yes. Yep, that was one of them. Um, and then when Sam Harris came across Ben Shapiro, um, they actually became friends. And Ben Shapiro seemingly was like, I don't know, had respect for him, I guess, you know, to a man that has said some pretty nasty things about uh, Christians, which, you know, fine. You be, your, be friends with whoever you want to be friends with. But they. Those two, along with Jordan Peterson, and I can never remember the other person or couple of people that were in it, but they developed a group that they called the Intellectual Dark Web, um, which was kind of around the time that the woke shit started really popping off and, and things like that, and they didn't want the two sides to come together on anything, so they, I don't know, they, I guess they thought that that was like a, uh, you know, respectable high status group to be a part of but uh, he likes to be a part of groups which is kind of telling when it comes to um, you know his stand especially his uh, political stances and economic stances and things like that because he um, 
it's kind of a goofy thing that you'll see a lot, not all, but a lot of um, atheists, especially of his caliber, that will end up turning very leftist and and uh, and liberal leftist. Um, and obviously, with what, with that interview that he just gave today, uh, or yesterday, yesterday was it? Um, it shows just how far. Um, he's gone, you know. I really never knew if he if he would. I mean, I knew that he could be refuted certainly, but I never thought that he would become that. And there's a lot of people like the comment section of the trigonometry um, channel where they put up the video, as well as like anybody else that's commented on it. Really, um, there's a guy named Anomaly. He's on Cali. He's a Christian rapper. He's a good dude. Um, I saw it on. I saw him cover it. Uh, Sean from Actual Justice Warrior on YouTube. He covered it. Dave Smith, um, the Libertarian, chimed in on Twitter and uh, pointed out. You know, he's actually happy that Sam Harris said it because he said the the quiet part out loud. You know, they're saying what they believe in. Uh, now you get to see them for what they are, which is despicable. You know. Um, I felt I felt pretty good about it in the sense that I've said before, if Trump were to have done X, Y, and Z that were, you know, obviously bad, that I wouldn't support that. I wouldn't sit there and go, Oh no, that's okay. You know, you can do that and, and as long as we win, it's like, no no no. Like you hold yourself to a much higher standard than that to allow for um, you know, the the democracy part of our government that we practice. Uh, that the left is is so overwhelmingly in favor of, but you're going to let it be undermined, you know, just so that you can get your way. Yeah, um, it should. <coughs> he made it seem like they would have voted for a turd instead of Trump. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then look at what we got. This this is what happens when you do that: is that you get a senile, um, Alzheimer, dementia patient. Um, in a, in a, and he did get to pick a lot of the people in his cabinet. So his administration, who don't understand how to run anything, and um, now you see where we're at. And all they do, all they do, is they project and they deflect um, everything wrong that they've done that's that's led to where we are. And they blame Trump and they blame the Republicans for it. And it's like, dude, you guys have been in control of all of this. You could have fixed it from the get-go, but you were the ones that made the problem is the, is, is the situation. Yeah, and he preaches rationality. Mm. Yeah, he's a total hypocrite. Total hypocrite. Uh, yeah, he speaks out of both sides of his mouth, as they say, like his answers. Yeah. yeah. So... It's, um, I, I think I've only seen... I've only seen, like, half of that uh, that episode, too, that he was on. I think I watched half of it, and then, uh, I don't know, something else happened. Oh, I think it was last night, and I fell asleep watching... Uh, oh, shit, something... Something in the high desert. Murder in the high desert? It's, it's, it's on Amazon. This is the second try, time I've tried watching that damn thing, and I get about a half, half hour in, and I pass out. Um, I'm going to try again tonight. We'll see. I don't know. This brownie might knock my ass out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Hold, I'm going to 
let my dog out. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go on a little bit more about Sam Harrison and uh, and his um, his stance. So this isn't actually the first time that he has um, gotten something so terribly. And it, it, he didn't get anything terribly wrong with this. It's just that he was that despicable that he was. Um, all the more willing to allow for this to happen, but and, and maybe you can say that in this next part that I'm about to talk about. He at one point got up. I don't know if it was like at a TED talk or whatever it was, but he had gotten up in front of this small audience. Um, not that I'm trying to insult him with that. It's just where he was. Um, and he told that group of people. There's a video out there. I think you can find it on YouTube. Um, he said, Jesus said to bring his uh, how did he say it to bring his adversaries now I'm going to have to uh, not verbatim what's the opposite of verbatim shit summary <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's another word you're right <laughs> I was trying to think about it earlier and I was like I'll summarize <laughs> it then I'm so, I, that's close yeah. enough he um Jesus said to bring his adversaries in front of him and to behead them and I was like and he said that this was in scripture it was in you know one of the four canonical books and I was like what is that and so I looked through and I go oh shit no kidding it was the parable of the king that the whoever it was noble or whatnot that went away to gain kingship and when he went away he gave a pound I think he gave five pounds and then what was it two pounds and then one pounds to his servants that while he was away they were to go and you know do with them something to make more and so the one with five went off and made five more and then the one with four went off and made four more and the one with one went dug a hole put it in a napkin and then buried it so when this guy came back with the kingship now on his way out to get the kingship, somebody had sent an uh, embassy to him uh, to say that we didn't want him as our king. So that becomes important later on in Sam Harris's dumbass mind. So when the king came back, um, the first guy that made five extra, um, he said, "Okay, well, since you were uh, honest and and uh, are good with the, this small task, I will put you in charge of uh, five cities or ten cities." I think it was. Um, the next one that came up, he said, okay, well, since you were, um, you did well with this small task, you'll be in charge of four cities. And then the one who dug the hole and put it in a napkin and put it away came up and said, you know, I know that you are a, um, demanding man and you reap what you do not sow. You pick up what you did not put down or whatever it may be. Um, so I, I hid this because I was afraid of you. And he said, you wicked servant, um, take away what he has and give it to the man who has 10, um, because he was, he said, uh, you should have put it in the bank so that I could get interest and um, get my money when I come back. And then, after this, this important part to this parable uh, that Jesus was telling, he said, the king said, bring those people to me that didn't want me to be their king and behead them in front of me. This was all a story. It was a parable to get people to understand things a certain way. Yeah. Right? This is a little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, dude. Yeah. But instead, Sam Harris took that as Jesus was telling his servants to bring in, I don't know, I think it was the Jews, 
to bring them in and behead them in front of him. He, or he claimed that that's what Jesus said, and it was like, you don't know anything about what it is that we believe. That is such a simple, simple story, and, and it's a parable. It means that it never happened. It was just a story to be told so that people could understand um, another idea better. Well, and Sam Harris couldn't couldn't wrap his big, big-brained intellect around that. Well, he wraps around it by thinking. Oh, if I believe the lie, it's not a lie. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to him talk enough, if you believe the lie, you know, then it's okay. Yeah. Oh, he. yeah, he's all for the propaganda. Um, but I think he's certainly one of those people that... <clears throat> um, as long as... As long as they get the power... And, and I mean, you kind of see this in the in the uh, in the interview. As long as they get the power, no matter what they do, it's okay. And you tend to get that with people who don't have a higher power to answer to. You know, it's not all atheists, but atheists of his stature, yeah, for sure, for sure. That seemingly is what they do. And and, and like you were saying, and like I've been saying about this interview, as much as I've watched, it just really seems like he is he is the epitome. Of relativism, where nothing is absolute, there are no absolutes to these people, even though that's a self-contradiction. Everything can change at any given moment. You never really know who you are, which you know I get that part. But you know you can mold yourself to any situation. It's you know it's it's almost like these fucking people that think they're gender fluid. You know they can be a man one second and a woman the next. Um. It's kind of his stance when it comes to, to, you know, things that he come, comes across. He uh, he got real famous because he was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. He became friends with Joe Rogan and um, said some stuff that sounded pretty smart. And then now you see this, and it's like, man, you, it's a fall from grace because you just took everything that you had ever said that people thought was profound, and in this hour, hour and a half long podcast, you destroyed it all. Well, because now we see. Go ahead. Do you really believe that? Because the people who listen to him, which is not me, they are on the same page as him. So it's totally okay for him to have said what he said. There is no shame in it to that echo chamber that he's in. Well, that's the incredible thing. Is that usually, and especially now, and how I've seen things, and kind of what, what. Um, how my mind has changed a bit in terms of like being Darth Maul pilled, right? Um, <laughs> I would have, thought, I would have thought that you were right, and I'm sure to an extent you certainly are. I'm sure there's still fans of his that are like, oh no, you know he meant this or he meant that. No shithead, he meant exactly what he said, because he even tried to come out later on Twitter and, and say, oh no, you know I was meaning this, but it was the same thing. It was yeah, like, okay. see, that's yeah. him talking out of both sides of his mouth. Right. What was incredible was the comments of the people. Now, maybe they didn't believe in him, or they didn't. They they were lying. But I don't. Know, I saw a lot of replies of people that were like, "Yeah, I really respected him." But now that he said this, it's changed my point of view. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs to see that this man, who was once a great man in their eyes, um, has now allowed for Trump derangement sy- syndrome to to take whole whole hold of this man 
and absolutely cause him to lose his fucking mind. Yeah, well, starting it all off with, you know, the babies in the basement. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, it didn't necessarily start off that way, but it was he, you could tell, he wanted to talk about, that he wanted to say these things. He wanted to get this off his chest. Um because he kept bringing up Trump. You know what's funny? I it, And I even looked on InfoWars because I was... I didn't listen to Alex today, so maybe he did talk about it, but from the clips that I saw from Alex and InfoWars, they didn't talk about this. Nobody's talking about this. He was going after Alex Jones almost as hard as he was going after Trump. Oh, yeah. Well, you said they're the same thing. They said, said they're the same thing. and And went on to say some incorrect shit about the whole Sandy Hook situation and I think even he said oh yeah Alex um, only recanted on the stand I wrote down uh, he said and I was like what Um, that the parents that sued him and he didn't say how many but uh, had to have moved ten times times. I heard that too yeah I'm like what I don't know. I mean, I kind of... I feel like I might have heard that somewhere, and that's more than likely. Wives' tale. It's a, it's a tall tale. But, uh... Yeah, no, Alex... Alex, the whole reason why they went after him and sued him was because he apologized. Like, I, I guess a lot of people weren't paying attention at that time. Um, I certainly was. He did... They did not go after him to sue him until he apologized. That's why you don't ever apologize to these people. They see it as a, as a weakness, and that's when they strike. And um, who was it? I was, listening, was it Tim Pool? It was somebody um, I was listening to today that said, um, threw a little bit more fire on the, the fact that Alex's lawyers were so bad that they're the ones that fucked him up in the beginning with the, the whole discovery de- debacle. Um, now, I don't know how true that is. Um, it could have been the lawyers, especially being that they did what they did with his text messages and shit. Um, but, you know, it could have also been a combination of that and the, the judge who, um, if you saw that judge on Twitter, she had blue hair at one point. She's absolutely a fan. She's a Democrat. She's a hardcore Democrat. Uh, Hillary Clinton, anti-Trump, pro-Hillary Clinton, anti-Trump. Democrat, and I, knowing how these people act now, and especially with Sam Harris and that evidence of how he is, I would not put it past that judge to have, have altered some things so that Alex uh, lost what he did because that should have been thrown out. I mean, I mean, I've said it, you know, and you could say, well, you're biased. It's like, yeah, but I'm not just looking at it from Alex's standpoint. I'm looking at it as they went out for the First Amendment. That affects every last one of us. So if they can do it to him, high-profile person like him, it sets precedent, and it comes after us. So they can do it to us. They can do it to me. But I'm not going to apologize to fucking kick rocks. That shit ain't happening. But it might be First Amendment, and if Alex was saying things that were untrue over and over and over, there's no reason why he shouldn't be sued. And on that sure. note, because I remember saying I heard him saying that mm-hmm. crap way back when. And then, so I went looking for it. And you'd think it'd be real easy to find him ranting back in the day 
about that and I couldn't find it anywhere to be honest with you I was like well you know what did I hear what do I think I heard you yeah, know I mean I remember him saying some stuff and I've heard him since say well I never said that and it's like well no you did you know I know what he's doing you know he's trying to cover his trail well they may have um, cleaned that up off the net cause I did some looking they might have um and sure you know if somebody you know I mean I don't know if it's just me being hypocritical but you know to for the mainstream media to go after um, Nick Sandman and um, Kyle Rittenhouse. At, at the same time, it's, yeah, but you guys live by that. You should die by that, too. You know, even though I want to stick up for the Second Amendment, or I'm sorry, the First Amendment. Um, but even then, I mean, before the Alex Jones trial, dude, it was terribly hard. Terribly hard. Um, for people to sue for defamation because even in Alex Jones's case what he oftentimes had was other people coming on his show to say I have this evidence and I have this evidence and that's why I always hated the fact that he recanted because I saw those same videos I heard those same people giving their testimonials on his show and on other people's show about what oddities had went on at Sandy Hook so my point being is that he had other people on saying these things, and he could always refer back to that and say, well, I had these experts on that did this. And it did happen in the court case, you know, where he got a chance to explain himself and say, well, yeah, I had these people on, and they were telling me these things, and these were my sources, and that's how we operate as a media channel. We have sources that tell us things, and we, you know, we tend to trust some people um, after so long, just like I do with Alex. And we go with what they say, and then when we when we realize that you know that we may be wrong, then we have to come out and say that we were, and that's when it happened. He did. Now, given um, Megan Kelly had done that shit with him, and then he was she kind of pushed him on it, and that's when he apologized. And then all of a sudden, they saw the chink in the armor, and they went after him. Oh yeah, and um, and that was uh, yeah they came, they came together. Was that? I think that was right when I think we talked about this. Was that right when he got canceled? Uh Yeah, they yeah, he got canceled pretty early and they went like one night everybody pulled the plug all at once. Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a certainly a, a And it was certainly a conspiracy, Sam Harris, yes. Right. Yeah. It's um, yeah. So, but anyway, he so Sam Harris went off on him. kept kept refer. It was like he's got two people in his mind, and that's all he wanted to talk about was Alex Jones. And they they were a doppelganger of each other. One just got orange hair, and the one doesn't. Yeah, what was funny was one of the one of the interviewers was even like, "Well, Alex Jones isn't. I'm not even in the slightest. I don't want to talk about Alex Jones." But that's what I'm saying. And Sam Harris came back to go, yeah, but I want to. And I was like, okay. Well, um, how about this? Didn't like, like a few years ago, Alex Jones, for to save his ass, pretty much had to say he was an entertainer in another court thing, you know? He's like, man, yeah, really, I'm entertaining. And they made him say it kind of thing. Yeah, but it was, and I will always give people slack and they go into court and they're trying to not get hit with whatever the court's going to sling at them. Um, obviously, I'll give Alex Jones 
maybe more slack. Um, well, that but, sets precedent. If he's just an entertainer, then he's not much different than Saturday Night Live. Yeah, but that's and, not what the—that's not what it was about. It, what it—what happened was it was his his lawyer who had said, um, and it was the case um, that his wife was trying to sue him, and, and I think get X amount of custody or whatever his right. ex-wife, <clears throat> which he's always talked very well of. You know, um, and I get, you know, while he's a public figure, of course, he's probably going to do that. I wouldn't. I haven't. I don't talk well about my ex-wife. Um, but <laughs> he, he um, his, no, his lawyer had said, because they had brought up, um, her her attorney had brought up um, a couple of skits, and one of them, I think, was the Joker. He had painted himself up. You know, Alex does that. He, he dressed up as a frog one time and was jumping around the the studio one time um he did another skit where he ripped his shirt off yes like i love you at one point i'm with him yeah so it my point being is that he's he is a multifaceted um person in 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 his show you know i mean He's. It's not an entertain. He's not playing an entertainer when he's sitting there going over all of the news. Yes, he's not. I, I realize that he's like a yeah. newscaster to me. Right. But that's what his lawyer was trying to say, and 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 the left heard. Oh yes, he's an entertainer, which he is. I would also say that I'm an entertainer. How many times have I tried making funny jokes on this? Right. When I call myself a comedian, no, I'm say that I'm just trying to entertain my. My listeners, yeah, like David Lee Roth, baby, yeah, greatest while entertainer also, ever. <laughs> while also trying to talk about serious topics and then you know sad topics and all sorts of other shit, so it's not like what am I just some kind of drama queen on this? You know, it's like, but that's what his lawyer did. And the left caught wind of it, and then they ran with it. Now, now you'll have idiots that don't know shit, and it's a talking point, and they'll bring that up, and you're like, "Good lord!" No, and I'm a, with him at this point. I mean, I yeah. took him serious, and uh, but you know, however you worded it, something came up. He got labeled as an entertainer, and then I'm at this point. I'm like, "Man, he's an entertainer." Now all of a sudden, you're telling me he's lying. <laughs> you know? Okay, the entertainers lie, to do shit. So yeah, here's the here's the hypocritical thing. Like you can't have it both ways, right? You have John Stewart who came out, and this was the famous clip when he went on a crossfire. I think that was on was that on MSNBC or CNN, one of the two. And uh, a guy that we like, uh, Tucker Carlson, was on. That was his show, right? And uh, that was the one where John Stewart came on and called him a dick, and. Carlson um, pushed him on a few, not like physically pushed him, but pressed him on a few topics, and um, ones that you know were pretty rough for John Stewart, who's a fucking psychopath now. And uh, John Stewart turned around to say, "Well, I'm just, I'm just a comedian. I just tell jokes." And it's like, no, that's not quite what you do. Yes, you tell jokes and you say things in funny ways, but you also bring out serious subjects and yeah, you're a commentator yeah he was a commentator and analyst and also a comedian you know um, and that's the thing about John Stewart as opposed to Sam Cedar Sam Cedar claims to be a comedian because he he had a role on Sex and the City which was a 
quote-unquote comedy. It was never very funny, I thought. And Jon Stewart is a comedian. He's done stand-up. Sam Cedar's never done stand-up. The one thing that came out of uh, him ambushing, Sam Cedar ambushing uh, Stephen Crowder was, uh, Stephen Crowder called him out and said, yeah, you, you say you're a comedian, but you can't find any any stand-up comedy anywhere. And it kind of put Sam Cedar back on his heels for a quick hot second. Um, like so? Then, yeah, well then, um, Stephen Crowder bowed out, which he shouldn't have. He should have stayed in there and just, all right, fucker. Came, you've been coming after me. Let's have at it. But he never did. And he could have, he could have, you know, um, he could have taken him down right then and there about a whole slew of shit. And, you know, now it was destiny that had to do it. But, um, yeah, so Sam Harris is facing a lot of backlash and deservedly so. Um, I'm very happy about it. Um, you know, it just, it shows you that, and that's not just a chink in the armor. That shows you how absolutely biased and hypocritical and deceptive these people are. That when you don't, when you don't have something that you're held accountable to, like a higher power, um, not always, but exceptions don't break the rule, um, you tend to rely on yourself or the government or maybe a combination of the two and seemingly that's what uh, Sam Sam uh, Harris has done you know and he's okay with it you know as we've said before Democrats will do anything to win even if that includes taking away your rights to do it they will absolutely do that They'll push that button yeah they're proactive in getting their way yeah because they've they've garnered so much power within the institutions um did you have you checked out Andrew Tate at all uh only minimally you know I see his name in the headlines and I don't really see him talking his points or anything like that it's just you know maybe you know this fight didn't happen or him and his brother did something well, he has recently been kicked off of Instagram, and which is a, a big place for him, as well as, I think, Facebook. I don't know if tw- he's been kicked off Twitter or YouTube yet, but, yeah, he's been recently kicked off of those two. Um, and he's really seemingly only been kicked off because of his ideas, and that's it. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen um, if he said something. It wouldn't shock me if he did, but he's well, recently. It doesn't up. matter because, according to Sam Harris, they own it and they don't have to have anybody they, they don't would. want on there. Yeah, I wonder what he would have to say about this uh, this pride pride pox. <laughs> Man, is that just? Why they even talk about that? Did they? Who's who? Oh, Sam I mean, just. No, no, no. I haven't heard Sam Harris talk about that. No, they did talk about it then. They brought up COVID, but they didn't go anywhere near the word after the the word was spoken. Well, I would assume that Sam Harris would have been all for the lockdowns because that, in part, did hurt Trump, you know? Um, And that was the Democrats, on purpose, using 
something that they knew damn well wasn't uh, that big of a, a problem. And using that as an excuse to shut down the economy, you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who later deleted the tweet, but she had um, tweeted about keeping everything locked down because if the economy comes back, that'll only help Trump. So she was all, like I said, these people are all the more willing to allow for you to suffer so that they can get what they want. Um, my, my epiphany on all of it, kind of, just boils down to their best ratings is when Trump is in the headline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny that they still do it, <laughs> you know? He's he's not been acting president for a year, a little over a year and a half now. And... Um, and they still bring him up, man. They're not going to have to go out and do a raid on him just to put him in the headlines. Um, and how's the, have you heard how that's going? <coughs> no. You'd think that if they found anything, um, you'd have heard about it. And if they had anything, they would have found it right away. Uh, they'd look through. Because they only took, like, I think they said 20 packages or 20 boxes or whatever. Oh, Eric I heard Trump. him say they took 15 is what I saw. All right, 15 to 20, somewhere in there. Um, I, I swear I thought I saw 20 somewhere. I'd seen 15, too. Uh, I know they Eric were looking Trump. for 15, took out 15. Now, I've heard a lot of uh, speculation on what went on and all that, but nothing. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Eric Trump had said, um, let me see if I can find it, that he had video of um, the raid of FBI raid and that he was going to release it. Right. So far as we can open the page, why not? Oh, we got to go to Brave. I just downloaded this. So, um, the search engine that I, I've been using on my phone for a couple weeks now and it's really good. Uh, welcome to her. Um, but Brave, B-R-A-V-E. You can find it in the App Store. Um, I'm on, uh, what is this, Android. I assume that it's on iTunes. Um, I've got it on my MacBook. So I had to go to the website on Google in order to download it, though. I couldn't find it in the App Store on there. Excuse me. Maybe I had to do it that way on my phone, too. What uh, was it? Brave. And that's an app B-R-A-V-E. for... That's a, it's a search engine. Oh, okay. Instead of DuckDuckGo right. and instead of uh, Google. Eric Trump. FBI raid video. Let's see if I can find it here. Eric Trump says he will reveal the FBI raid surveillance tape. That was three days ago. It says FBI raid will be released at the right time. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds like right, BS cool. to me. <clears throat> yeah, that's um, that can you can take that two ways. One way is, I don't know why they wouldn't have shown it, and I don't like that. If you've got something, show it right away. Well, and keep your mouth shut, unless they're just yeah, fishing. Because what that does is it's the same thing as Chuck Schumer saying, "Oh yeah, we've got I've got evidence that Trump colluded with Russia." Okay. Give it to us. <laughs> Why are you trying to keep us in suspense? Well, because you didn't have it, is what it was. So, I don't know. They're just I, trolling I us. Yeah, 
I, don't, I, I thought I heard that all the videos were shut down before they went in. Um, so I don't know why he would say this. If yeah, he because have. I would have took all that too. To be honest yeah. with you, if oh, I was yeah. there, all that would have went with me. You don't that would have been that part of my search. I'd have come up with something. I want all their damn, all of it. I would have Conor McGregor that shit. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Conor McGregor. Um, he had just lost a fight. I can't remember who to. I think it was either either um, Nate Diaz or Khabib. And uh, somebody had seen him at a club and went out and was like videotaping him. And he attacked the guy. And then he stomped on his phone and then he took the phone away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, dude, you don't sneak up on a fucking UFC fighter who just lost a fight. He might not be in the best mood, you know, <laughs> like... You might kick your ass and take your phone because it's evidence. Right. <laughs> like, see, you and I would probably get that kind of feeling off of him, but some people are just yeah. stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would have been like, no, I, ain't. I mean, I might say, hey, man, you know, good fight or whatever. Maybe. I'm going to try to feel it out, you know. Is he, is he in a good mood? Is he looking to kick somebody's ass like me right now because because he just looked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll pass. Yeah, if I got a choice in that, I'm like, no. Yeah, I've I've so, gone out and I've gotten vibes like that off of guys, but you know, I was yeah. just kind of like, I knew I, you know, I'd, some reason I figured out I don't want to go start a fight with that guy. Yeah. Um, you heard about Conor McGregor? What happened to him, right? In his last fight, he broke his leg. Oh, you know what? I think I saw that. Yeah, he snapped his. Well, he was throwing a punch and his leg snapped. And it was because, and this is insane. He had like, he had kicked throughout the fight, and he already had an injury injury going in, and so he just twisted the right way, and his fucking leg snapped. So he had to get this weird kind of surgery, I guess, where they put in a metal rod. And since he's been fucking working out, now this guy is worth five hundred million dollars. He made about $100 million in his fight against Floyd Mayweather. And on top of that, all the millions he made at USC. And on top of that, he had uh, he had proper 12 whiskey, which he sold for, I think, $400 million. That fucking dude has a half a billion dollars from fighting. Um, and yet, while he's been off, he wants to come back and he wants to fight, he says. He is massive. Dude, when he was fighting, he was fighting, I think, at 145 and then 155. And that was pretty skinny for him because I think he walked around at about one, maybe 160-something. Because I know it was hard for him to fight Nate Diaz at 170. It was hard for him to get up there. So maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he walked around at 170, 180. Anyway, he looks well over 200, all muscle. This dude is fucking ripped. He is swolled the fuck up. I was watching one of his. Uh, he keeps putting out, you know, a couple of uh, episodes every so or um, videos every so often of him practicing pads or grappling or whatever. He's huge. He looks like he's about to fucking rip somebody's head off. Is his fight. legs how they look? Because his uh, legs, when he did that, they were, you know, tiny. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's um no his he's. He has increased his muscle mass throughout his body, and I saw him um, doing a. Now that he's healed up and everything from the surgery, I saw him doing kicks on the bag, and uh, he looks good, man. He was hitting him hard too. Cool. Um, yeah, so he looks. Uh, oh, I love like to hate that guy. Yeah, 
I, he's not my favorite person. In the world. No, he's my, you know, he's an MMA Floyd weather, you know, kind of guy, Mayweather. Yeah. I just want to see yeah. when I see him, when I watched him, I just wanted to see somebody else knock him out. And <laughs> it just never happened, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, Dustin Poirier kind of, kind of, well, he got, I think he got a TKO on him. I don't think he ever really knocked him out, knocked him out. And he's tapped a few times. <clears throat> but the thing is, he's tapped against some of the best fighters in the fucking history of the UFC, which is to say the history of the fighting world. And um, he's no slouch. I mean, that's for sure. And I don't like I don't, I don't like his a lot of his attitude and a lot of the things that he's done for sure. But man, I, you have to respect his his fighting. Oh, I give it up to him for being cool. Irish, man. Oh yeah. Well, it's not just Irish. I don't think he's a good representation of Ireland. I can tell you that much. Oh, that's my that, kind of favorite Irish dude. You know, just some brawling dude. Like here, deal with this. No, yeah. You know he's. <laughs> I think I've, in terms of like his his attitude and shit, I don't think it's a very good representation of Ireland. Well, but no, I guess not really. Style? But you know his fighting style, man. It's all it's that's that's Irish, man. He goes out there and he's got he's got skill. Even when he changed his stance and, and everything, um, and went up and weight because he was really liking that. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good representation of the Irish fighter. You know, he's fucking good, man. He reminds me of a fighter. That nobody knows about. He was out in like Salt Lake City, but he was called a little ball of hate, and uh, <laughs> that was his name. And uh, the only thing he was afraid of was the second round because he gave everything in the first round, and that's kind of how that Conor McGregor reminds me of the little ball of hate. Yeah, well, he he usually wouldn't last. I mean, he's went five rounds with people. Yeah, yeah. But he would get tired at about the halfway through the second or third. Um, and you're right. He would use a whole bunch of energy um, and and gassed. And that's what a lot of people are wondering about because he's built up all this muscle. And when you have a lot of muscle on you, you're looking to finish a fight within the first round because it takes a lot of oxygen. Um, and energy to get that oxygen into your tissue. So oh, when yeah. you're out there spelling it, big guys run out of gas usually pretty quick. I say that, and yet you have you know heavyweights that'll go five rounds. Like the last, I think it was the last light heavyweight and the last heavyweight fight. Um, they went all five rounds. You know, so um, was it the last one? I think Ngannou is the heavyweight champion now. But I've seen. Um, Stipe Miocic, who is the heavyweight champion, who was the heavyweight champion, he's gone five rounds quite a few times. And these are big dudes. You're talking two above above 205 is light heavyweight, so it's got to be above 215, 220. Yeah, they're using brutes. Yeah. And those guys can get I mean, they can swing for forever. Kicks, you know, takedowns, wrestling. Wrestling is exhausting. Um, Sports Illustrated had a, um, you opened up a, uh, two sides of it, and they had George Foreman's one fist in it, and I could literally put both of my fists inside of his fist. I was like, good lord. Yeah, who's the one that, um, what was the rebel in the jungle? Oh, that was George Foreman and Muhammad Ali. 
I want to say so. Yeah. Yeah, then that was the one that, yeah, George Foreman was the one that uh, was hitting on the bag. And, I mean, each each fucking hit, I mean, it was just bending the bag. In order to, you know how hard you have to hit? Not just hard, but, like, how much weight you have to have behind it to bend a fucking uh, uh, heavy bag? It is, it's hard. <laughs> I can tell you that, dude. And he was, like, just doing it every shot. It was just like, oh, my God, if I took that shot to the fucking ribs, it'd break half of them easy, you know? I'd be pissing blood the next day. How about this? I watched him on an interview sitting in a suit in a chair with, like, Charlie Rose or someone like that on a PBS channel. And it came up, that fight. And he said that... uh, Somehow he said that Muhammad Ali, his answer to a question, he said Muhammad Ali is the bravest man alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's and he's like, yeah, well, he beat you here. And he's like, yeah. He's like, Muhammad Ali's like you. He's just like you. Look like you. Set like you. Built like you. Got hands like you. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, he got in the ring with me. Gary, hey man, he's telling the truth. Yeah, he was. He's like, he got in the ring with me. (laughs) And he's like, and that's when he stuck his hand over by this the interviewer's face, and it was like as big as his head. And he's like, you got the same size head as you. (laughs) I thought that was awesome. Oh hell yeah! That's it, 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 it. He was a he's a massive man. I'm trying to look up this one real quick. But he also went on to say in that same interview, and I had a friend of mine with me, and he don't talk to me anymore because I'd love to verify this. But this is how I remember it: as he said that he got drugged that night, and that's the reason why he lost. And he gave an example of how it was. Now I've seen a lot of George Floyd, and I not seen this part in the, that fight now since he said that. You mean George Foreman? Yeah, George <laughs> Foreman. Thank you, yeah. And, uh, well, he uh, once he bet Sam Harris was talking about George Floyd, too. Yeah. And um, he always stood up in the corner, right? He never drank yeah. any water. He always stood there. And he said he, his coach or his trainer made him sit down and he made him drink water <laughs> and then he's like and then after that I don't really remember anything <laughs> that is what he said on that no same theory. PBS interview and he also talked about how dirty the that whole thing is in that fighting arena you know the uh, heavyweight thing all the boxing how dirty it really was, and at this point, he was Reverend George Foreman on this yeah. interview. That's what's so funny is that, like, back in the 90s, um, 80s and 90s, and, and I guess I'd have to go back to the 70s because that was in, what, 74? Um, it's, like, athletes really knew how to, hold, like, conduct themselves. You know, like, actual... Um, uh, not idols, um, role models, 
you know, for kids and shit. Because George Floyd, I mean, see, he just did <laughs> yeah. it George Foreman. George Foreman was always in a suit. He was always, you know, he was always very respectful for the most part. I mean, I, I know they, they talked a little trash between him and Ali heading into that fight, but afterwards, and then he went on to make the George Foreman the the grill, you know, and and, um, and then I'm come back out. Um, he came out to fight Mike Tyson, and then Tyson yeah. went to jail. I think he went. He came back into it, and didn't he win? He won the championship. He won a championship. Oh yeah, he won a couple. He won a few before. I think I don't know if he retired or I don't. I don't recall. But yeah, he he came back and won at forty, maybe forty two. I don't know. But I remember listening talk about that Tyson fight, and he said that him and his wife talked, and he's like, "Can I fight Mike Tyson?" And she's like, "Okay." (laughs) So. He was a bad man, dude. He was, he was tough. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That was the rope dope. Him and um, him and and uh, Ali. Man, yeah. Gee, imagine taking that. Like you said, I mean, to take that much beating of a beating. Yeah. Or what was it? Did it go ten rounds? I think no, I think he got. Round? I don't know if it went all the way, but it would have been like a twelve or fifteen go. round thing back then. Yeah, so I think it was 15, and it went to round 12. And then that's when Ali started turning it on. We saw that George Foreman was um, <laughs> tired. And that's when he he uh, he came back and started. And, and now, that, I think it was within a round, he started he started fighting back. Yeah, he within stood him round, up and beat on him. Yeah. Um, you're right. Uh, his second comeback was in 1987. For 10 years away from the ring, Foreman surprised the boxing world by announcing a comeback at the age of 38, a year younger than I am now. In his autobiography, he wrote that his primary motive was to raise money to fund the youth center he had created, which had required much of the money he had earned in the initial phase of his career. Another stated ambition was to fight Mike Tyson. You're absolutely right. Yeah, and he had to earn it before he got there. They, he didn't just get to walk in and fight a champion anything. Yeah, he uh, he beat Schultz. He beat some guy. I can't remember. Uh, who was it? Axel Axel Schultz of Germany. He beat them all. Wait, no, no, he fought Tony Tucker. No, he fought Tony Tucker. Yeah, to make the foreman fight the number one challenger it was Tony Tucker. Whatever. So he ended up winning. And he lost to Briggs, Shannon Briggs. No shit, I didn't know Shannon Briggs won the title. Shannon Briggs is a um he he was a character. He went after uh, I think Vladimir Klitschko and Klitschko and I mean was like going into his into his um practices at his gym or whatever and like starting shit with him all the time and almost they almost got into it like a street fight. And then uh Klitschko beat the brakes off of Briggs. Beat the holy hell out of him in the ring. Those guys were fun to watch, those brothers. Oh, yeah. God, they were good. And nobody gives them the credit, you know? There was, what, through the 90s, they were looking for a great white hope. You know? They just wanted a white guy to be able to get in there and and compete. Um, Because the Mexicans and the blacks were beating the shit out of everybody. And um, every so often, you had like Mickey Ward that came in. He was phenomenal. Um, him and, and uh, 
Gotti. Not Andre Gotti. That's a black guy. What was his name? Something Gotti. That if if you like boxing and you've never seen the trilogy between Ward and Gotti, do yourself a favor and go watch that shit because it is it was incredible. It I'm getting like nostalgic feelings just remembering those fights. Um, Gotti Gotti Ward was in, insane. It was a war every single fight. I think Gotti broke his hand on Ward's hip in the third fight and still won it. It was insane. Insane, but um, no, you're right. The uh, the Klitschko's, they were, I guess you could say that they were the Great White Hope until Tyson came along, and the Klitschko brothers, dude, oh, they just eradicated everybody. They came in just beating ass. I remember watching um some some special back in like the '90s when they had moved to the United States, and um. I think it was an HBO special of some sort, and uh, they followed the brothers around, and uh, they were just—they were like machine. They were—they were both like the Russian, not quite like them, but the Russian from uh, Rocky Four. Yeah, but they were likable because they, yeah, they weren't were, Russian, Russian. They just from yeah. well, they were Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah. they weren't Russian, Russian. Right. Sorry, Ukrainian for any Ukrainians out there. I don't listen. If I offended you with that, suck it up. Yeah, one of them's a politician right now, or was at the beginning. Was the mayor of one of the cities? I think it's Vladimir, yeah. Um, And both of them, I don't think Vitaly Vitaly Lomachenko, um, I don't think he went back to fight. I think he's staying boxing. But, uh, yeah, both of those, I think both of the brothers went and um, joined the army in Ukraine to fight. One of them is married to, uh, shit, let me look it up. It's a, an American actress. She was in Heroes. Uh, Mir Klitschko. Yeah, they're uh, kind of um, proper, you know, the way they acted. They weren't over the top by yeah. any means. No. They were bo- and they were both really nice. Um, I think it was Vladimir, or maybe it was his brother that faced off against Shannon Briggs. But he was um, he was always very nice to him. He wasn't like trying to be a jerk to him, and he kind of messed with him and pulled his beard one time. And that's what almost caused the street fight. The Shannon got all <laughs> ghetto on him and shit. I was like, you kidding me? Um, I think Vladimir, um, which is spelled with a W, but they pronounce your enunciate it, pronunciate it with a V, <laughs> right? Um, Amateur career, early career. I want to see the career. It is so weird how this is. Um, this is so different from uh, when you look it up on your phone. But yeah, these uh, these brothers, man, they won a ton of championships, and they were both good. Yeah, they, they get they in there to slug it out. Yeah. So it was uh, Fury beat Vladimir to win the uh, title. And then Klitschko, I guess, uh, or I'm sorry, Vladimir fought uh, Anthony Joshua, and I think he lost to him. Was that the Fury fight? Was that a big old black guy? No, Fury Tyson. Great big old white guy. Oh. He's the one that took on um, the Bronze Bomber. Why can't I think of his name? He's from Alabama, American. Um, 
shit, I can't think of his name, but he he fought him three times, and he and uh, he was oh shit, the name keeps it's almost there, Tyson Fury. Because what I watched one of those, I think the younger one, the second one, we'll call it, fight yeah. some big black dude, and they beat each other, just you know, pound for pound, but just face punch after face punch, body punch, everything, man. I was just like, good lord. Yeah, that might have been uh, Anthony Joshua. Klitschko, that Klitschko looked like he'd been just chewed up by a dog or something, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gypsy King, blah, blah. I still want to find out who, uh, not Natasha. Um, Wilder. Uh, shit. Still can't think of his first name. Why? Uh, Lennox Lewis, and blah, blah, blah. Vander Holyfield. Something wilder. Yeah, this is Vladimir and Patty. Patty Klitschko. Who? Oh. <laughs> uh, Fury vs. White. WWE, no. Uh, Fury vs. Wilder. Why did it go to the second? This is stupid. They never include the first name. What the hell? Anyway, um, yeah. So Fury fought um, Bronze Bomb or something Wilder. I can't think of his dumb name. But he was a bit of a he. He had the hardest punch um, in boxing. I think he's he's he has the hot, the hardest punch or something to that effect. And Fury had already won the championship when he beat Klitschko, and then um, he went to Vegas and he got depressed and he drank a whole bunch and he ballooned up to like 300 pounds close to maybe 400 pounds um, and he almost killed himself and now he's he's what's called the Gypsy King because his father fought in uh, King of the Travelers which is a an Irish and it, it, Gypsy and and um, shit what's that what's the country that I make fun of all the time that's right next to England I call France? it the, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's it's attached to England. It's part That's of the UK. Scotland, Ireland. No, no. Damn it, I can't think of words tonight. But anyway, um, it's it's them. It's some Scottish and then Irish. But anyway, so Wales, Wales, Wales. Um, <laughs> I call them the uh, fuck. It's the city within Detroit. They're basically like that to England. But anyway. Um, it's a whole bunch of these guys that just get together and they fucking bare knuckle box. And uh, King of the Travelers is whoever wins it every year. And uh, Fury's father or grandfather, father and grandfather, and other, you know, forefathers before him or whatever, uh, fought. And uh, many of them won, and won the championship of King of the Travelers and whatnot. And um, and that's where Fury gets the King of the, the not King of the Travelers, but King uh the Gypsy King and shit, and uh, he was born um, into this fighting royalty. <clears throat> His dad named him after Tyson, um, uh, Mike Tyson. Cool. And um, and then yeah, and then he went on to uh, win the championship, beat Klitschko. He's undefeated still. And then he went to um, Wilder, I guess, called him out or something to that effect, and 
and uh, he's very religious, very Catholic, um, big fan of Fury. And uh, and then he got his life together and came back, and it was a, a underdog story because he was going against the, like I said, the the um, hardest box or hardest puncher in boxing. And um, I think it was the eleventh round, Fury caught him. Or I'm sorry, Wilder caught him, and he got knocked down. And it looked like he was knocked out, and it looked like Wilder was going to win. And then all of a sudden, Fury sat up like the Undertaker from WWF. He just sat up, and it was like, holy shit! He just took his best hit, <laughs> like, like Ann Hesh. Yeah, oh my God, that's I actually wanted to talk about that. We'll take a little side note from the boxing. Ann Hesh. There's video. Um, TMZ has a lot of the video, but she had been prior to this. I thought she wasn't she um, like in a relationship with uh, who's that talk show person? Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen De- yeah, wasn't well, that was she like in a years ago. I thought they were still together. As far as I know, man, that was like ended. They were all, you know, flat cocking, <laughs> <laughs> little dicking it. Um, and uh, then she, uh, her movie, it was her and Harrison Ford had done a movie back then together, Anne Hesh and Harrison Ford. What was? I I don't even want to look that one up because it was so forgettable. But anyway, I thought they were over each other for twenty years. I thought they were like quote unquote married and all that other shit. But like, um, she had a boyfriend. But yeah, she had a boyfriend, and the boyfriend said that she was. Totally, there was nothing wrong with her. She crashed her car what two days ago, something like that, or yesterday. Or, I think it was two days ago. No, it was a while ago. Now a week or so. Ago. Oh, so the video just came out two days. Ago. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I guess the boyfriend said, "Yeah, because this was on. It was on the 25th anniversary, the same day, 25th anniversary of Princess Di. Not that I like using it, but Diana, um, from England. Okay." When she died, did you hear about all of this? Uh, like, I mean, I know about her dying and all the, you know, the date and uh, uh, the pillars and uh, Columbia and so. I what was I doing? Was I all the esoteric things that were involved with Princess Diane? Yes. So I, yeah, I was cut my yard. This was. A few days before that, um, because we've had some rains and the grass is coming in, and it's great because I get to at least see where my fucking tracks are as I'm trying to cut my yard. Um, I cut the backyard, trimmed it up, or I didn't trim it that, whatever. And I was, I always listen to like try to listen to podcasts. Well, I listened to um, David Ike's five hour, six hour long um, show that he had done in England. This is like fucking ten, almost maybe no, maybe fifteen years ago. And I'm listening to it. And he brings up Princess Di dying and how uh, Princess Diana, um, how she was picked to be the next princess or whatever. And there's, uh, as, like you said, esoteric um, symbolism to the fact that she died on where she died on that date, um, that she was assassinated uh, and this, that, and the other. Well, um, Anne Hesh, I guess, died on a road that was closer. She was on a road of Diana or something to do with Diana. And um, it was on the same date, 25 years later, 
so essentially saying that it was a it was a sacrifice so there's a bit of a conspiracy uh, theory I'll say to this um, have you seen the video of her coming off of the stretcher yeah yeah that was uh, it took me a minute I'd heard some other people that were really reliable talking about it so I went and found it and was like oh yeah and then somebody else that I like was like duh dude that's you know deep fake and I'm like well this is uh, people watched it I know people who say they saw it live yeah well I, I saw the guy that that videotaped her crashing the first time so as we said her boyfriend said that when he left her or whatever when he talked to her she was totally fine there was nothing wrong there was nothing wrong prior in the days prior she got in her car at some point and she was driving and she was driving erratically and speeding and she had crashed into what another car or something um, and then people this is the first video that I saw people actually seeing it and coming out and videotaping it and saying hey 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 you know what, what's going on and she got back in the car she was in her car and she took off and then she was speeding and ran into a house and the car caught on fire and the fire department had to come out and they grab her and she was uh, she was stable I think or something to that or she was knocked out something but they put her on the stretcher and this is the video that I was just asking you about as they're about to put her into the rescue which is the ambulance the firefighter ambulance firefighters ambulance she fucking like she was covered like it looked like she was dead on the stretcher she comes out of that like a fucking zombie like she is am I explaining it the same way you saw it? Yeah, it looked like she unzipped it or unvelcroed it. It didn't look like Dude, a black body bag that I would you know, I've yeah. heard some friends of mine that were EMT said that they would have put her in a black bag. That would have been because she was burnt and it yeah, was a different true. kind that's of uh, And as I had worked as an as a EMT, now those were firefighters that were doing that. Um that yeah. wasn't really EMT. It looked like she was probably covered with a, a sheet. Um, that's the job I used to do, and uh, we never, we never really cover. I mean, I guess maybe because she's a, a celebrity. That's the only other reason I could think that they would cover. But for her to fucking spring up like that, like she comes and she looks like she just got out of fire, and she looks like she didn't have a top on. She looked topless, but her her back was all like not singed, but it had like black soot marks on it and shit she looked dirty and she fucking flung up like a zombie and was like trying to get out and then that's when the video cuts out well I saw oh, him, the video I saw was overhead yeah. and it just looked like they were casually just shoved her ass right up in there <laughs> and I'm like okay uh, and I haven't got to pin down and I'm glad you're here but what would you do what would be protocol go ahead and shove them on up in there firemen just don't have that no. bedside no. manner no. well it depends if she, it, it's something called ano times three alert and oriented times three and the three well now it's four which is so fucking stupid I always thought it was stupid when they the, the whoever the fucking powers to be um, said that we needed to go with four ano times three means person place and thing or person, time, and place. Sorry. So where are you? Um, person. Oh, person would be like, who's the president? You know, even though now you'd be like, oh, I don't fucking know who that guy is. Um, but no, it would be who the president is, 
what time, like what date, what year, you know, that's good enough, and then what place. And if they can answer all three of those, they're A and O times three, which means that they're alert and oriented, and if they don't want to go to the hospital, they don't have to go to the hospital. Now, given she looked pretty fucking erratic when she came out of, off that stretcher. Now, she didn't come off, but, like, her back came up as she, she um, sat up. I don't know if I would have just thrown her in the fucking ambulance. I would have been like, holy shit. I would have shit myself, first off. Second, I would have been like, what the fuck do we do here? You know? Like, this person is obviously losing their shit. Now, if they're a psych patient, there's... And not A&O times three, but just losing their shit. Okay, now you're going to try and maybe hold them down if you can, I guess. But you're going to look to somebody higher than you, like a call into a medical control or something to that effect to be like, hey, this person is losing their shit. We can't get a good A&O on them. You know, what do we do? So, um, but how they handled it was just like, they're trying to sneak her away. And the story was that she wasn't stable at some point or another. And I think it was at the, the, um, at the crash site. Because she ended up dying, for anybody that's wondering, as we're kind of getting there. She, she ends up dead. And the boyfriend even said that when she got to the hospital, she was still stable. She was in stable condition. Um, but she ends up dying on the same day that Princess Diana died 25 years earlier. So, you know, um, now you got the, the theorists that are coming out to say that this was a, um, a, a, an execution or an assassination. Why are they saying this? Well, Anne Hesch, Paul Walker, and Anthony Bourdain, and I might add Chris Cornell. Oh, fuck. Who is the lead singer? Lead singer of Lincoln park it's not the lead singer it's actually the no it, it is lead singer chester bennington chester bennington um and chris cornell were like best friends um and they actually were working on a documentary about child sex trafficking and Hesh just started a movie or just acted in a movie um or a documentary or a movie or something to that effect that this is the rumor that um had to do with child sex trafficking rings um, same with Anthony Bourdain I think he was doing a documentary on him and then uh, as the story goes that Paul Walker was too well Paul Walker died in the car crash um, uh, fucking what's Anthony. her name well Anthony yeah he he died younger than he should have well, didn't he die of a car crash was he the one where the engine went like 65 Feet away. Oh, yeah, back with. Was that him? Anthony Bourdain. Die. Let's see. Come on, brave. Anthony Bourdain's tragic death. Blah, blah, blah. Died, and he left a gaping hole in the culinary world from exposing the seedy underbelly of the restaurant industry to dining. Oh. Did it say suicide? Hmm. Yeah, his death was ruled suicide by hanging. Okay. Well, who was I thinking of? All right. Maybe Paul Walker. He died of a... He was going pretty quick. Pretty pretty quick. Pretty fast. Um, when he died, 
Uh, and I think there's rumors about that too that he was still alive at the scene and um, but that they marked that he died at the scene or died on impact or some crazy shit so um, you know I mean rumors rumors spread and uh, stories grow too so you know you gotta factor that in but the fact that all five of these people were working on in one shape or form or fashion um, the child sex trafficking ring rings that are, have been going on not only in major uh, cities within the United States of America but also across the border and also within Hollywood um, and maybe even having to do something with the uh, those who have infiltrated the Catholic Church you know the evil ones that have done that um, but anyway so in, in within our own politics and obviously you have Jeffrey Epstein you have the Clintons and other quote unquote important and elite people who are part of this we still don't know any of the names from the black books of uh, Ghislaine Maxwell or um, Jeffrey Epstein. So they want to keep these things quiet. You know, those two got punished. Who else? We haven't heard. Um, Elon Musk keeps calling for it, too. And Elon Musk had taken plenty of pictures with, uh, or not plenty, but a few pictures with Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, Trump took pictures with uh, Epstein but I've also talked about how he went against Epstein and, and uh, talked with uh, the FBI about him and kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago and all that other stuff. So, oh, he's talked trash about him. He's talked some pretty bad trash about him too, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, cool. so... If there was any any actual evidence or connection between Trump and Epstein, you would have heard it by now. Yeah, he kicked him out of one of his places, right? I think it was Mar-a-Lago because he was uh, making advances towards the daughter of one of Trump's friends. And when Trump found out about it, he said, no, 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 we're, we're nixing this and kicked him out so he can never come back. So that's a that's a big win for Trump. Um, that he was able uh, to see this guy for what he was back in the day, um, or at least assume, you know, and uh, and, and take action to, to keep... Yeah, at least he was uh, all in on his buddy's side anyway. Yeah, well, not just on his buddy, but on a, a, a young girl, you know, for all the shit that he's a sexist and he doesn't like women or he's against women or whatever, you know, the left comes up with. Hey, Jackass, is, he saved a girl from ever having to deal with that type of shit again from one of uh, the most prolific and infamous uh, child sex traffickers, you know. So just saying, you know, you fuckers... Your mainstream media prevented uh, you from hearing about this. Alex Jones was talking about it, and Trump, by the way, did something about it um, in a couple of ways. Not only did he do that, like I said, he uh, talked he uh, talked with the FBI and uh, gave him everything that he had on uh, on Epstein. So, you know, that's a that's a pretty fucking big win. But anyway, all five of these people um, died mysteriously um, and before their time, before old age, died prior to their time um, Chester Bennington well this was the crazy thing um, you know what I wonder if it's the same thing with Anthony Bourdain <clears throat> Chris Cornell I think died first I could be off on that maybe it was Chester Bennington but no matter Chris Cornell died by hanging um, some claim I guess there's some rumors that claim that he died the same way that um, ah shit what's the funny guy he was in Goodwill Hunting. Um, not Martin Short. Damn it. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. You know, 
the story of how he died, right? It was, uh, he hung himself, but wasn't it, didn't they have something to do with, um, jerking off while hanging or by choking yourself and that's how he died? Maybe <laughs> I hope not. The movie I know that was, uh, one of the Carradines, David Carradine. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was David the Carradine. Kung Fu guy. Did not that job. Yeah, so maybe he just hung himself on himself. So he hung himself. I want to say, yeah, maybe it was hanging too, but no matter, I do know that Chris Cornell, who's best, they say that he was best friends with uh, um, uh, Bennington. Um, they both died the same way, and I know that that was a major thing. Um, they both died the same exact way. I, I, what was it, three months apart or something to that effect? Uh, and they were both, they both had a, a company that helped kids um, who were victims of a of uh, child sex traffic rings and they, I think they were working on a documentary about it and they both um, probably found out too much and ended up getting uh, nixed and then claiming it was suicide you know because that does happen what was the uh, the person that got the two gunshots in their heads uh, was it Webster um, in dealing with Clinton uh, Hillary Clinton <laughs> Foster, no. Foster, Vince, Vince Foster. Yep, he uh, suicided himself. At least that's what the was it the Park Police that did it? Because I know they moved his body, and I think it was the Park Police <laughs> either moved him out of D.C. to another jurisdiction, and he had two bullet holes in his head, and they called it a suicide. You notice how it's always the coroner that gets to make the call, no matter what. what? Hey, no matter how ridiculous it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, hey, man. You know, like a guy that had his head chopped off, one of the Clinton corners. Yeah. That was good. Wasn't that the chef? Yeah. Down one of them got their head chopped off, and he called it a suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a bunch like of I others. Said, and he got a promotion. Yeah. They don't make a ton of money. So, you know, I mean, they make, I don't know. 200 grand a year 150 grand a year something like that alright I mean that's money to me that's a lot of money but you know maybe to them they're like hey I get I get a million or two to uh, just write something else other than um, viciously assassinated so, coincidentally you know? they, they seem like they get offended and uh... yeah well you know that was that was another thing that has to do with Sandy Hook is that the coroner was, and I have to assume coroners are bizarre anyway, but this fucking guy <laughs> was weird. This guy was beyond odd. And um, and then also the one dad that was joking and cutting jokes and smiling and then went into method acting as soon as it was his time to, and you can find that bit shoot, rumble, you can find that dad. I, I can't remember what his name is right now, but... Um, you know, you can find that video. Um, you can find the video of, you know, all the other stuff that I talk about. But that corner, the corner was odd, very odd. And I know a lot of uh, people brought that up too, that he was, uh, and I think he was saying things wrong too, you know. Um, so, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, these corners are getting, they're, they're getting paid, man. They're getting you paid, know, dude. That was when I think at crisis acting crisis actor kind of came out in my ears at that point 
Yeah. With Alex Jones and them, you know, pointing out here, here, and here. Yeah. Well, um, you know, they, they've used them. The the girl who got up and cried in front of uh, what was it in front of Congress about the babies and the uh, the incubators getting knocked over. You know, that never happened. She was a crisis actor. You know, um, a lot of uh, mass shootings and other things that have taken place. Uh, I think even nine eleven had some a couple of crisis actors there too. That uh, they had to, uh, or at least is alleged that they had to um, give interviews. And then you had like the New York firefighters, not that they were crisis actors, who were talking about the uh, the explosions going off before the building ever fell. Um, and it sounded like explosions were going boom, 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 boom. You know, before the building all of a sudden collapsed like a controlled demolition, which is exactly what it was. I'm not going to say it just looked like it. That's what it was. The physics of it falling down like a pancake that bullshit fucking excuse buildings don't fall that way especially that building it was built to withstand um uh uh i don't know if it was a boeing 747 or whatever the fuck it was but it was built to withstand a plane hitting it both of them were um had it had it got hit like it did it would have fallen the top part would have fallen off it wouldn't have pancaked down that's such a load of shit physics the physics of it are impossible for it to have fallen the way that it did. So, I remember Joe Rogan used to talk of that, talk about stuff like that back when I liked him. Now, he'd think it would have bent one way or the other, even just yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I can go, go all in with, okay, so the top 34s fell down. And it pancaked. Okay, but you'd think somewhere around there, because I've seen still that just don't do that. You know, there's always yeah. a bending of, and there's like some major sound when that happens. For sure, and and it wasn't just a little. It's not like they were only held up by like ten beams. It was thirty some odd, super thick. I think it was what one inch thick steel beams. Yeah, it really, it shouldn't have happened. No, not the way that it did, for sure. And jet fuel does not burn like that. Jet fuel burns quick and fast, and it burns out, burns out extremely fast, faster than um, gasoline does. Uh, it, it it might have gotten to pretty hot temperatures, but it wouldn't have gotten it. And, and even if it did get to the temperatures that it would have melted the metal, like melted it to weaken it, that metal would have gave way to not pancake. It would have gave way to fall over on one side or the other. It wouldn't have pancaked. You know? Yeah, because it's not like that airplane came in and tore up those steel beams. That didn't happen. Maybe the first couple might have been a little bit, but those airplanes aren't designed to fly through a building. It's a hollow tube. Like People act as if it's like this fucking solid razor. Yeah, it's pretty much paper thin. Yeah, it's a solid. It's a it's a hollow tube, and it wouldn't have. I'm not saying that like it wouldn't have made its way through the open space of the building itself and and passed out the other side like it did, but to act like it would have just cut through all those beams, you know, uh, one or two beams. I'll give you that. You know, you've got you've got hard metal for sure on an airplane that's going at a very high rate of speed, 
um, yeah, it might have made it through one or two. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. 30-some-odd beams? No, that's that's not. Like, no, and then, you know, to have them all just all of a sudden melt exactly the same time? At the exact same time. Yeah, what a load of shit. I mean, people can make arguments of like, okay, well, it didn't it didn't melt the beams. Well, there wasn't any beams that were still sticking out, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet high. Um, it was, they can make the argument that the, the clamps that held the concrete to the beam, for anybody that's ever done industrial construction, um, the the concrete guys and, the, and the, the steel workers are working on it first. And you get to see the the internal structure of everything. Um, so you know that when they put up these concrete floors, there's there's not just the steel beams, but there's also, you know, all the the um rebarb. Rebar, yep, all the rebar and screen. And the clamps, and, yep, and the screen and the concrete and all that other stuff. So yeah, it was heavy. I'm not saying it wasn't heavy. But those beams would have caused for them to stand erect, it would have caused for the building to fall on one, over one side or the other. Wouldn't have pancaked. Would have never pancaked. That is a yeah. load of absolute shit. You could have put all the floor the, up there. They could have put cars on it. The whole thing. Yeah, they act like it. You know, all of a sudden it just like shucked all the beams or some shit. It's like even if that were the case, those beams would have been standing still, and it just never did. It's it's ugh. so so fucking disingenuous. And there's so many people that fell to that dumbass idea. Um, fuck, how did we even get there? <laughs> we went all the way from Sam Harris to that stuff. Oh, and Hesh. How, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I got a couple more Sam Harris things that he said during that interview, such as Liz Cheney's a hero. <laughs> and whenever yeah. Trump calls someone out, it's a human sacrifice. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, her, I remember. I did hear those parts. His the people who like Trumps are tens of millions of morons. Yep. Yeah, he's got some serious disdain for anybody that's a Trump supporter, which would be me. You know, it's like, well, fuck you. You already, you already didn't like me because I was Christian. Let alone, you know, I'm a Trump supporter. Um, shit. What was the first one that you said just now? Liz Cheney being a hero? So they did this because he talked about, um, he said, well, it's not like back when they didn't like Mitt Romney. No, he said uh, George Bush or Mitt Romney. And it's like, these fucking guys forget how bad they were towards George Bush. They, They said back then that George Bush was Hitler. I remember this. I remember how my my mother absolutely hated George Bush. Oh, yeah. Because we were at a war, and they were supposed to be anti-war, which is such a fucking fraud. The left absolutely hated, and they... That's when um, uh, Paul Joseph... Not Paul Joseph. um, Joseph... Oh, shit. The guy that made uh, the Zeitgeist movie. That's when he made it. And he made it because of that. And he had the first part the second part and the third part and they were all connected and the second part was all about the Bush administration and how Bush was a uh, claimed to be a Christian yet he went to war and killed all these Muslims and yada 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 you know he wasn't the only one you had um, 
uh, Michael Moore. He made a documentary. Uh, that's when um, Bill Maher made Religious was during the um, Bush administration. They fuck. They hated him and hated Christianity because Bush claimed to be this Christian, even though he's a coked out, you know, uh, fucking Illuminati Bush Jr. Um, guy. And um, so that's just not the case. Like when when Sam or Sam Harris said that, I was just like, "You fucking kidding me right now?" That's what's so bizarre about them. All of a sudden, now they like Bush because he's not Trump, and Trump is the worst thing ever. You guys hated Bush back then. You treated him the same way you treated Trump. Now, maybe not as bad, but you fucking they hate the Democrats. Absolutely, call them racist. If you remember when. Uh, uh, what's the black rapper Kanye West Kanye West during the hurricanes with Mike Myers on TV came out took everybody surprise everybody by surprise and said George Bush hates black people remember that when when racism was like so close to being over with but the Democrats have to keep it on life life support right well um, I happen to say that because I remember just before the flood before Katrina hit and I was doing the radio and you know, I made a big deal out of warning New Orleans that they need to pack up and go because these people that you think are looking out for you do not like black people. They're not going to help you. You know, and then when I got finished with my big spill, I played Led Zeppelin when the levee breaks. Oh. <laughs> you know what's so funny is that every time I hear that song, it makes me think of Hurricane Katrina. Like, I don't know why, but it's it must be because of that. Oh, it is. It's I'm telling you, it was just... But yeah, I knew, oh. man, you are so screwed. You gotta, like... This was like a week before. You know, I'm like, you all know this is coming. You're like, okay, I'm staying. Yeah. I'm like, I'm man, there ain't nothing yeah, healthy about what you're getting ready to do. That's when FEMA really came into play, and then people started to pick up on on all the other extracurricular activities that FEMA was up to. Oh yeah, the Superdome. Um, yeah, uh, they um, they were uh, FEMA is not the a FEMA trailers that were full yeah. of formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all sorts of shit, and then on top of that, all the different buildings in all the different FEMA regions that they were creating like we were talking about um the other day about the uh graves the mass graves and the um mass caskets plastic caskets that that they um had at these places um i have to believe it's because of people like david ike and bill cooper and and mark dice and alex jones and infowars um paul joseph watson i gotta include all of them, them calling it all out is uh i have to believe i don't, I don't I guess I don't have to believe, but I do believe that uh, them calling it out is, is maybe what what prevented uh, the uh, Obama administration from going forward with that. And maybe it would have even been that way with uh, uh, a Clinton administration coming back into power. They might have went forward with those uh, different FEMA plans that they had had. Because they, they were not looking good. <clears throat> Well, they've been planning on something. They got a lot of body bags. A lot of them. A lot of place to to put people. Um, And if you don't believe us, uh, go look at what Australia was doing with making all of the uh, 
the encampments that they had for the people with COVID. These are healthy people with COVID. They were making basically, I mean, they were hotel, they, they were like, look like hotel rooms, small. Well, they look like jail cells, actually. Um, they were making these places for these COVID infected people to stay um, against their will. Oh, man. Uh, I have to assume that it's probably all um, alleviated a little bit there, but Australia was was and maybe still is pretty fucking bad. I haven't heard a story any stories from Australia in a while, so maybe they um, they they uh, loosed or or uh, eased the uh, restrictions out there. But man, it was fucking terrible out there for a while. Oh, it hurt me. It hurt my feelings to yeah. see Australians being like that you know Paul Hogan sold me on on it you know he made me think they're all badass crazy people I know with big knives (laughs) you know between you know they were either a cross between Steve Irwin and Paul Hogan yeah Paul Hogan Crocodile Dundee Crocodile Dundee if you haven't watched that movie I need to show my son that movie Crocodile Dundee he was like he was like the. Uh, I wonder if they made Tarzan off of that movie, like the Tarzan movie off like with. Uh, oh, what's his name? Back when he was in shape. Shit, I can't remember his name either. Brendan um, Fraser. Brendan Fraser, dude, he was in phenomenal shape. If you see him now, that dude's been through some shit, and he. If you read his story, holy hell, Brendan Fraser has been through some serious shit. Um, and he's bigger now too. I get it. I got I blew up like a balloon too, so I can't say too much. But um, he's got like back issues. I totally relate to him. But uh, yeah, uh, Crocodile Dundee, man, so funny. Comes to the U.S. <laughs> That's not a knife. This is not. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. <clears throat> so, but uh, I like that we spent so much time on conspiracy stuff tonight, man. That was fun. Um, man, we're almost at two hours again. I gotta go to bed. I gotta try and watch uh, some more of this movie and then um, crash. But uh, maybe we can do an episode before uh, before my next scheduled one on Tuesday. Cool. What about Mr. D.B. Cooper? Yeah, I gotta get him on. I was talking to him earlier. Um, I, I kept thinking to, to invite him and I forgot. So uh, maybe I'll get him on too. If, uh, if he's willing to do it, I know that his uh, his job he's got he's got to dude he's got to go to bed. Let's see. I think you know what we might be able to do this tomorrow night. Um, because I think he's off on Sunday. But he, normally he's got to go to bed. He lives um, in Mountain. No, yeah, Mountain Time. So that's two hours before ours, and he's got to go to bed at eight o'clock his time to wake up early. Uh, for his job, so there's going to be a lot of times that he's not going to be able to make it. But um, he, yeah. he's two I'll, hours behind us, right? Yeah, because we're Eastern. He's Mountain. So if it's eight, it's six there, right? So it well, if it's eight there, then it's ten here. Yeah. And uh, so I'll see if uh, if he can do it tomorrow night, and uh, we can let you know, and maybe we can uh, all get together and do some more of this because that was fun. It's always fun, man. It's always a good time. With Bentley Meadows. Um, would you like to plug yourself, good sir? Yeah, you can uh, find me, Nuclear Knucklehead, 
at a uh, nuclear knucklehead at yahoo.com on the French Radio Network. And then uh, on August 29th, we're having a big, uh, what is it, the uh, 13th year of the French Radio Network. So we're going to do really? a big live powwow on the uh, Spreaker app. Nice. Nice. We're going to have all kinds of uh, people. Maybe I'll try and do a uh, a clean set tomorrow <laughs> so you can put us on there. <laughs> well, I don't think we went too horrible tonight. I don't think I... Man, no, I, I know I, I said some shit. I usually do. This is a NS... Not safe for work. NSFW show. That, do you like how... <laughs> That, that brownie is definitely kicking it, dude. I can feel it. There's a couple times you were talking. I'm like, man, just standpoint. Don't lose where you're at right here. <laughs> Get back on track. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, so everybody tune into that for sure. Um, and you'll hear our man, Bentley Meadows, on there doing his thing. Um, anything else, buddy? Uh... Pray for these uh, people to have their hearts opened up from God, make them see the light. We'll have a big old giant revival, and we don't have to be angry at them anymore, maybe. I don't know. Amen. Indi- Indian wrestle them? I don't know. <laughs> Amen. I like it. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of me at metv1105 at gmail.com. Look me up on any social networking platform. Just look up my name, John O'Marchado, with the exception of Instagram and TikTok. And go to my website, theweaponbook.com. That is theweaponbook.com. Get the first episode. I am so close to having the voice or the uh, audio book, chapter one, done. And these books are basically, I'm sorry, these chapters are basically little books, mini books. Um, to a much larger story and uh, man is it getting good I am so close to having chapter 11 and 12 out and then I'll be about halfway through um, with what, with the first full book so go to theweaponbook.com get the first chapter free see what I'm talking about it's, it's far better than anything I've ever done on video or podcast it's, it's uh, outside of being a father it's my life's work so check it out it's good um all right, buddy. Uh, maybe we'll do this tomorrow night, hopefully, and uh, get another one uh, in the books. Sound good? Sounds great. Well, until next time, be accountable, be responsible, don't be a bitch-ass liberal. See you later, buddy. Peace. The Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion in Modern English A one-page summary Goyim are mentally inferior to Jews and can't run their nations properly. For their sake and ours, we need to abolish their governments and replace them with a single government. This will take a long time and involve much bloodshed, but it's for a good cause. Here's what we'll need to do. Police our agents and helpers everywhere. Take control of the media and use it in propaganda for our plans. Start fights between different races, classes, and religions. Use bribery, threats, and blackmail to get our way. Use Freemasonic lodges to attract potential public officials. 
appeal to successful people's egos, appoint puppet leaders who can be controlled by blackmail, replace royal rule with socialist rule, then communism, then despotism, abolish all rights and freedoms except the right by force by us, sacrifice people, including Jews sometimes, when necessary, eliminate religion, replace it with science and materialism, Control the education system to spread deception and destroy intellect. Rewrite history to our benefit. Create entertaining distractions. Corrupt minds with filth and perversion. Encourage people to spy on one another. Keep the masses in poverty and perpetual labor. Take possession of all true wealth, property, and especially gold. Use gold to manipulate the markets, causing depressions, etc. Introduce a progressive tax on wealth. Replace sound investment with speculation. Hmm. Make long-term interest-bearing loans to governments. Hmm. Give bad advice to governments and everyone else. Eventually, the Goyim will be so angry with their governments because we'll blame them for the resulting mess that they'll gladly have us take over. We will then appoint a descendant of David to be the king of the world, and the remaining Goyim will bow down and sing his praises. Everyone will live in peace and obedient order under his glorious rule.